across the city. Splinters a defiant spread. Each spelk the families plucked saw two more embedded into Embrace's flesh. Us Ginnels and those like us watched, both proud of our comrades' successes and jealous, desperate as ought to join the fray. We knew though that, in that moment, the best we could do was to keep out of it. Not for concern over our own well-being, but for our allies' legitimacy. We were tainted. The slightest hint of our involvement would be enough to erase honest grievance and cast their action as at best sedition and at worst treachery. We knew that the families were set ready. Every move they made was an incitement. They meant to tempt us into action. They awaited our mistake. But we were nothing if not patient. We were the path centuries walked, each weary plod sweetened by the promise of home, someday for our kin, if not for us. We'd met their storms of outrage before, weathered the blows that they stirred up with defiance. We knew how to huddle together close and keep on, one foot then t'other. Locked out of revolutionary action, our next move became obvious. We needed to draw together. It was time to meet, to find, if not consensus, a way of gathering our strength. Welcome to These Flimsy Rituals, an actual play podcast focused on telling small stories in big worlds. Joining me today is Fryn Henderson. Hello, I'm Thryn, and you can find me on Twitter at Thryn. And Beck Mihalek. Hi, I'm Beck, and you can find me on Twitter at r underscore Mihalek. And I'm your host, Adam Dixon. You can follow me on Twitter at @tdixon, and you can follow the show on Twitter at Flimsy Rituals. So we ended last time with the repercussions hitting the People's Ward of Atrium. It has been two weeks since all of that happened. I guess where we're going to start today is by asking, how have Ezra and Oaken been spending this couple of weeks? Very tensely. Uncomfortably, yeah, for sure. (laughs) Does Oaken live in the carousel now? Where else is he going to (laughs) go? Yeah, that figures. So, yeah, I guess super awkwardly, just all up in each other's space. Uh, Yeah, I wonder if, I think Oaken would like really, really try and carve out his own space and like redecorate it how he wants and is Ezra living in the carousel as well I think like most of the time I don't think they would want to go home too much I don't think they would want to be at the place that they rent and they wouldn't want to go to Amaris's because obviously Ezra's got two very young siblings so I think it would be like flying visits to check that everyone is okay. Yeah. And then the rest of the time is just sat in sullen silence <laughs> in the Jubilee. <laughs> imagine paying rent when you could just live in this carousel for free and not contribute to any upkeep at all. <laughs> Why would you give people money to live somewhere? That doesn't make sense. That might be the first time Ers has agreed with Oak. But I'm not going to say it. <laughs> How big is the interior of the carousel again? Not enormous. 
like like I'm imagining this a bit like a bell tent almost. Yeah, it's kind of like bell tent size, I think, but with lower ceilings. Yeah. And how do you both spend your time? I feel like we played exactly one card game. It ended in like a screaming row. Fists were nearly thrown and we basically haven't spoken to each other since. I, I love that as well, like, to Oaken, like, he's not seen any other aspect of Ezra's personality. So Oaken's like, oh, well, you know, you know how Ezra is. Oaken's only ever seen Ezra's reactions to him. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, the things I know about Ezra, right, is that they they love not speaking and reaching towards my throat with trembling hands. <laughs> Those are their two big interests. Yeah, I love the idea that the reason why this card game doesn't work is it's some kind of old embrace card game. <laughs> The rules have changed since yeah. Oaken yeah. learned it, and we're both oh, convinced no. the other person is cheating. <laughs> yes, yep, yep, yep. Oh, good. So yeah, it's been going really well. So, so what is it like right now? If we're going to start to paint a scene where I think Nilcat's going to, going to walk into the carousel, what is Nilcat going to find? I think yesterday Ezra went back to their flat to have a bath and spent the night. So it's not like peak anger, Mm -hmm. but it's tense. It's like Ezra almost relaxed as much as they're physically capable. And then this morning they came back and opened the door onto whatever it was Oaken was doing. And were like, oh yes, this is my life now. (laughs) (laughs) So they're just like tinkering with something at a really small workbench, like resolutely facing the wall. Looking all clean and fresh. And what is Oaken doing? Uh, I think Oaken has not had a bath but he has rubbed a wet flannel in the key areas. Was I here when he did that? Yeah. <laughs> he didn't realise he needed to until Ezra came in. Yeah. Very, very clean, and you're like, I better do this. Ezra's not paying any attention to me right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think, actually, Oaken's at a weird point where I think he's probably feeling like shit, and I think he's been pretty depressed and just waiting to fall back asleep because he's not been awake for this long in a while. Has he ever been awake for this long other than before this happened? It must be like a month now, right? Oh my gosh, yeah, that's longer than he's had since it started properly. And how is he feeling about that? How is he interpreting that? It's like being stuck in a nightmare, having to be awake, I guess. And not really knowing why. Yeah, and I think he senses there's something with Mel and with Soka that he knows is there, but he's still scared of it. He doesn't yeah. want to look straight at it. He just he wants more time. He wants to go back to the comfort of sleep. So it's being all moody. I imagine it a bit like when you start to get a tension headache because you know a storm is coming, and oh. there's a part of you that just doesn't want it to come, and then another part of you is just like, okay, will you just... Come, so this headache will go, and I can just go back to sleep. Yeah, definitely. And speaking of storms, I think right now it is raining outside. As you're both focused on your own activities, trying to ignore each other, maybe half listening to the beating of the rain, you hear another sound. It is the sound of a knock. It's in a pattern that you've taught everyone so that you know who's coming in, basically. And then the door opens and Nilka enters. I think he is soaked through. 
His normally curled and springy hair is now long and lank down his neck. And I think his clothes are stuck to his torso. Damn. Damn. (laughs) Yeah. He kind of shrugs his forearms and lets his long jacket fall to the floor. And he's like, (laughs) fuck, it's awful out there. Did you do this on purpose so I'd be less angry at him? (laughs) Maybe, maybe. (laughs) Are you both holding up in here? I think he starts to like hang up his coat and he starts to like dry himself off a little bit. Have we seen Nilcat since he sent Ash off to kill a man? Maybe in the downtime? I don't think we've hashed it out. Yeah. Do you want to hash it out? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Ezra doesn't know how to cope with being angry at Nilcat. So I think they're just going to like shrug. And you? I think Nilcat. Nods at Oaken. I think Oaken could crawl down from the rafters where he probably was and straighten up best he can, put on the sneer and kind of say, it's your fault, you know, what happened to that young boy? Oh, I, I am going to turn around about that, actually. <laughs> <laughs> An unlikely comrade. I think Nilcat just looks taken aback and he's like, no, you lost me there. Oaken's very good at putting on the sneer and walking away, not actually talking it through. So, you know, if you hadn't uh, sent him off, he wouldn't wouldn't have helped me to kill that fake Oaken. And I think it upset him. And I think it's your fault. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Nilcat raises an eyebrow and looks at Ezra and is like, and do you think it's my fault too? Ezra is staring resolutely at a point about six inches above Nilcat's shoulder and just, like, crosses their arms and is like, broad daylight, Nilcat. Public place. Front of the Nimshiv family. At a bleeding festival. You couldn't have set him up worse. Who did Nilcat tell about fake Oaken? It might be an Oaken. Well, that doesn't mean it's Oaken's fault. <laughs> it's still be Nilcat's fault. So, yeah, I think Nilcat, Nilcat's just like, what's it been telling you? I only told Oaken. I didn't think he'd draw in the rest of your maybes. Oh, well, well, of course he was going to follow me. I'm his hero. Everyone's hero. I'm Oaken. This is just going to make a choking noise in the background. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Fine. I trust, I believe you, obviously, but I don't understand what you thought you were doing. You've seen how Ash follows him around, first of all. You can't not notice that. And second of all, why would you go to him and not me? Some lad we found in a box in the middle of the night, who's, and then just gestures at Oaken, like this. Mm, Very handsome. (sighs) I think uh, Nilcat is just like, no, I didn't know that you wouldn't take Ash with you on your score. I thought you'd all be out of the way. And, well, I wanted to let him know what the situation was like in the city. So he'd keep law and he'd keep out of sight so he wouldn't cause any more chaos and he wouldn't draw any more attention to you lot. Yeah, well, that turned out grand, didn't it, Nils? (laughs) Nils? Is that like... When your parent calls you your full name when they're angry at you. <laughs> I think it's like the opposite of that, right? It's probably like a, a nickname Nilcat 
had as a child. Oh. Mm. Right. If so what you're saying, if if you woke up after however many years and you found out that someone been impersonating you and someone told you about that, you know, you gotta lay low, you gotta make sure that no one sees you because they'll probably kill you. They're already trying to kill you. Would your first instinct be to go out and try and kill them? No, it obviously would not. But once again, and then Ezra's just going to kind of like frame Oaken with their arms. I'm going to pose heroically. And be like, does this look like a normal person to you? I don't rightly know anymore. I think Ezra's just going to sigh very heavily and be like, do you want a spare shirt, Nils? I'll put kettle on. No cat nods and and I think sees the remnants of a card game at the table and like picks up one of the cards and goes, What's this? Are you been making your own games up again, Ezra? I don't have a response for that. <laughs> <laughs> Ezra's still really angry about it. What is Oaken doing while this is all happening? I don't know. I feel like, wow, Ezra's never been so complimentary about me before. <laughs> Calling me special and, <laughs> and you know, showing me off. Wow. I guess they must have a pretty good opinion of me after all. I can just stood in the middle of the carousel while everyone else just goes firmly to what they're doing is a very funny image. <laughs> just like, oh, yeah, nice. I'm going to throw a shirt that's slightly too small for Nilka's head a little oh. bit too forcefully. Okay. Crop top, crop top. How does this work? Because would this shirt have enough arms for him? It would not. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> oh, no. Ezra keeps a spare one for Nilcat. Aww. Maybe it's like a vest top with just wide enough armholes. Yeah, I think Ezra has like a really low cut vest that they wear specifically so they can lend it to Nilcat, but they'd rather die than admit it. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, Nilcat peels off his top and then puts on this vest. I think as you bring the tea over and you all settle down, Nilcat looks at you both and goes, right, so, things are bad out there. I don't know how much you've seen or heard, but I think as long as we're, we're clever and can it and we can watch our own backs, it's just about time to, to start organising again. I've been spending the last couple of days meeting with some of the other maybes and other factions and the plan is we want to get everyone around the table in a week or so's time and work out what to do without Lena and Atrium and all of that. And I was wondering whether you might want to get out of this carousel for a bit and help me out. I think Ezra looks around the carousel strewn with playing cards and Oaken's general detritus. <laughs> Just nods. Yeah, all right. And you too? I guess it'll be a chance to show him how things really work in the city. <laughs> like, like, I don't know. <laughs> Lived here way longer than you. Centuries longer. Orkin, do you know where we are? In the carousel. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, if, if my help is needed, I am magnanimous. And I shall go with you. So I've got another couple of people to meet, but if you don't mind going off we can split the work that way i think there's maybe we see a few moments of nilcat 
maybe pulling out a piece of paper and telling you the different people he'd like you to meet. And then I think after finishing his cup of tea, unless there's anything else we want to touch on here, I think Nilcat stands up and goes, Right, I'll I'll be seeing you both later. Just give us a shout if you need or Some of these groups can be a bit tougher to get on board than the others. And then looks at Esmond's like, God, it's been too long. We once things are a bit safer, let's let's go get a drink, just me and you. Ezra has died. Nilcat, I think, knows what he's doing here, right? Yes, he does. <laughs> <laughs> I I think Ezra just like stares directly up at the ceiling. He's like, Yeah, all right, you know, if you've if you've got time, it's you know, don't don't worry about it, it's fine. You know, just let me know when you when you're free or when I'm fr- I'll find you you find me. It don't it don't matter. Oh, oh, I can get you things. Nilcat just kind of gracefully ignores all of this. You are if I keep this for a day or two. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, yeah. Right, yeah. Cheers, mate. <laughs> and Nilcat heads back out into the into the rain. So yeah, that's basically your job at the minute. You've been given a list of two or three groups of radicals, and your aim is to try and get them on side so that they come to a meeting in a couple of weeks. You don't need to necessarily convince them to join forces with you just to sit down at the table. Okay. Who are we going for? Yeah, so I've put the painted hands down, maybe as the last group you meet. Okay, yeah, sure. Yeah. We'll go for think... mum last. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you don't necessarily know that your mum is working for them, right? I think the way that I perceive Amrys and Ezra's relationship is that neither of us know, quote unquote, what the other one is doing. Yeah. But at the same time, Ezra and Amrys are pretty close. They know what the other person is doing, kind of, and we just don't talk about it. You could probably guess sometimes, but yeah. I think it would be easy enough to guess, but I don't think we have ever acknowledged it. Yeah. But I may be interested, before we get to them, about maybe seeing some of the other revolution groups. I don't necessarily have anyone particularly in mind. I was wondering whether there are any scenes or groups you'd like to frame here. Who would Ezra meet? What what do we want to show Oaken about the revolution, I guess, is a nice way to think about this. Ooh. Yeah. Um, I guess it would make sense for us to be using contacts Ezra already has rather than Nilcat giving us additional ones, which might be more dangerous. Yeah. So we've got the list of general factions, so you're more than welcome mm-hmm. to pull off of them. But I think it's also okay to just make up some groups that aren't necessarily fully factions, if that makes sense. So off the top of my head, um, definitely pamphleteers is an option. Yep. Ezra's contact obviously is a scrawny teen, but that doesn't mean we can't follow that through to someone more useful. Yeah. I think definitely there would be an option for one of the unions, although I feel like Nilcat would have more sway with them, so that might be one he would be doing. I would maybe like to see some other maybes. I think that would be fun. Okay. See some competent maybes. <laughs> Is that what they're called? The competent maybes? <laughs> <laughs> okay, which of these groups would we like to see first? Let's maybe start with some other maybes. Okay. Because I feel like maybe Ezra wants to start off kind of showing Oaken what the maybes actually are all about, like why we're here. Do you have any idea of who these maybes are? Ooh, does that mean I get to name another maybe? If you want to, yeah. <laughs> hmm. I like 
triumphant, maybe. That's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what are the triumphant maybe? Like, what's their reputation? I'm just trying to remember. The jubilant maybe's reputation is strange and that they're ringleaders. How do the triumphant maybe compare? So I think Ezra desperately wants to be more of a maybe, but has weird soft spots like for Nilkat and like for Ash, where it's essentially had them ushered into the jubilant maybe as an almost isolated cell of if you need something super weird done and you don't want to lose a really useful central figure of the maybe, jubilant can probably do it. Yeah. Whereas I think the triumphant maybe are, I don't want to say more tactical because that makes them sound like a fancy pen. Like professional? <laughs> yeah, they're, I think they're more ruthless. I think they're more calculated. I think they're more targeted than we are. We're kind of a scattershot approach. You throw some stuff at the wall and you see what sticks. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what people go to the jubilant maybe for. We've tried everything else. We just need some outside the box thinking. Yeah. I think the triumphant maybe are more, we have a job, we know how we need it done, and we need the people who will get it done. Okay. Which is not to say they're all like cold-eyed murderers or anything. No. Like I think they're, they're probably perfectly nice people, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I imagine maybe part of what convincing them to join is is because they're a little bit more wary or a little bit more calculated in what they do. Perhaps the, the scene here is you convincing them not to just go into hiding for longer. So where are they hanging out? Where do you meet them? I think the triumphant maybe might be like a docks group. Mm. Okay. So like the, the closest cell to us, which I guess is why we know them more than any other. Are they in this bit of the docks that's taken over by the Fleshwood, maybe? Ooh, yeah, I like that. There's an old warehouse that's been overrun, and you meet them inside that? Yeah, I think like a building that used to be a regular building, but the Fleshwood has kind of taken it over. Yeah. I think by the time you get there, the rain has died down, and there's just golden light streaming through the gaps in the ceiling. I think at the back of the building... You can see, like, one of the fleshwood trees has just broken through almost like an entire wall and up through the ceiling. I think just in front of that, your contact is sat behind a desk. I think your contact is Zanaris Crow. Say, are a small person with quite a plain looking suit. Say, have their hair slicked back and say wearing a pair of copper framed glasses. I think Zanaris Crow looks up from Sir Paperwork as you walk in. Graft, I've been hearing a lot about you and the jubilant. All good, I hope? You certainly do like to do things loudly. Ezra slightly deflates at this and casts an accusing glare at Oaken. <laughs> Oaken nods approvingly. Sure do. And who is your companion? Uh, Obviously, you don't have to give real names here. <laughs> Ezra nods really seriously and approvingly. It's like, codenamed him Oaken. Not the worst person to pretend to be. It's a shame he's a corpse now. Rest in peace. 
One more enemy out of the way. In it grand. How is Oaken reacting to this? I, I don't think he's twigged. <laughs> he's just like, this person's almost acting like, say, don't know Oaken. Like, say, don't know who I am. What a phenomenal actor. So, oh, I yeah. don't understand all these codes and revolutionaries with their silly acting. Always talking in riddles. Worse than the counsellors with their double speak. Does Oaken have an internal monologue or does everything he thinks just kind of <laughs> come out? <laughs> just out of curiosity. <laughs> I think everything he thinks come out, comes out, but like in a mutter. Like he think <laughs> he doesn't realise. To, to him it's an eternal monologue, but he spent a lot of time alone, so. Cool. So are you the jubilant new recruits then? Well, um, you know, when they need some specialist help, I'm there. I think Crow stands up and say, start to walk across the room towards you, and say, go to do the revolutionary handshake. <laughs> Which is, I think, interlinking fists, right? Like interlinking, like, pinced fingers. Like a chain yes. link out of your hands, yeah. Yeah. So what does this what does this look like? Okay, in front of you, make little crab pincers and then clip one into a circle inside the other. That's what it looks like. So say so you're holding out Sir Hand in a little crab pinch. Almost. Yeah, almost yeah. like in a C, sort of. Ready to grip yours, I guess. So I think we said like you can throw it as a sign to someone, or you can like link your one hand with someone else's and like tug against each other so i guess that's what we're doing that's what that's that's what ezra's doing that's that's what ezra's doing i guess we might not have taught this to oaken i don't don't think oaken would care to learn oaken has definitely been in the presence of people doing this oh okay okay but has he picked it up do say do it with ezra first no say come straight over to you oh i don't think oaken's picked it up he is observant actually he doesn't care, and he doesn't understand what it is, but in his mind it's just like, you know, this, this quaint custom the lower classes do. Maybe some kind of hygiene thing to avoid a proper handshake. <laughs> Fucking hell. I think he'll, he'll kind of do it, but a bit wrongly. Like, he'll do something very similar, but slightly unconventional. He just does the pinching thing, and he doesn't, like, pull against yes. like everyone does. He just, like, stands there. Yes. <laughs> It's like doing a handshake by just grabbing the hand. Holding the other person's <laughs> yeah. hand. Um, Zanaris Crow looks at Ezra and is like, he catches on quick. I'll give him that. Some stuff, yeah. So did Nilcat send you to convince me? Is it you were convincing? Well, us, I guess. Well, we'll start with you and see how we go. I've already told him no, you know. Ah, but you've not told me, you know, have you? You got any chairs? Say points to the desk behind them, and yeah, there's a couple of chairs in front of it. Ezra sits on the desk. (laughs) I think Crow goes to sit down at the chair where Say was sat before, and maybe move a couple of papers out from under where Ezra was going to sit. And I think flips them over. Oh, don't worry about it. I'm not much of a reader. 
what about him? I imagine he's had all of the training. Yeah, Ezra is going to look really curiously at Oaken because they honestly don't know if he can read or not. Hate reading. Hades reads so many books of the dusty old tomes. Uh, not for me. You know, more of a physical kind of guy than a thinker. Amazingly, I think that might be true. I guess that might be why he's part of the jubilant and not the triumphant. Frowning. <laughs> so, you're here to tell me that there's a meeting in a week's time and you really need me or someone from the triumphant maybe there, right? It's just overly dramatically dust their hands against each other and it's like, oh, job done. Obviously, you know everything you need to know. Like, pantomime's going to stand up. <laughs> We're not going. Now is not the right time. The amount of swifts on the street, the amount of attention, it's not worth the risk. We're not going to be inviting the swifts in, though, are we? No. I mean, I see where you're coming from, obviously. You have to go through the streets to get there, but I'd like to think the triumphant maybe might be capable of doing that. But you're inviting just about every other revolutionary in the city to that meeting. Both those professional like us and, well, you know. I feel like that's a dig at us. Oh, it meant us as in the maybes. All right. It is the role of the maybes to live in the shadows and fight the long, hard fight. We're not going to risk giving ourselves up. Well, no, I'd like to think you'd go down with a fight like rest of us. But I never known a triumphant say no to taking a risk before. I mean, in fairness, you do all your paperwork and your calculations and whatnot first, but you take risk in end, and I don't really rightly see how this one's any different. There's a thing that needs doing, so get it done. The thing that needs doing is going over to Crowns 8 and taking out... All of those bastards that think they rule us, one at a time. Sitting round a table with every other revolutionary in the city, that's not going to get us there. Be hours of arguing. Aye, yeah, I reckon it will. And it'll be boring and tedious and all that, yeah, but... Frustrating. Frustrating, yeah, for sure. It'll be a... It'll be an evening, and we'll get through it. And then at the end of it, some of us might not die, who may have unnecessarily done so under other circumstances. I don't know if you've heard, but there was a bit of a, a bit of an argy-bargy recently. Ended in a murder. If Lena Fisher had listened to us and not declared that stupid free ward and attracted the city's wrath down on her people, and I think seeing Ezra probably getting angrier at that. Yeah, Ezra's not happy. Xenra's quote just kind of breaks off and looks at Oaken. What do you think I should do? Oaken, think very carefully before you answer this. I don't need to. I know the answer. Oh, <laughs> oh I think you might. Talk about time as if it matters. Good start. As if doing it now matters, as if... Waiting matters. Nothing changes, you know? Your life is a mere handful of years. And you think that by not joining in today, that'll make a, a real difference? It won't. 
Ezra is turning over in their mind whether that was helpful or not helpful. <laughs> yeah, I think Zanaris Crow is doing the same thing. <laughs> and the very slowly she's just going to, yeah, yeah, you know, time, wipe it off till later. What you can do today is, is what he's saying, I think. This seems like a good point for a role. Oh, yeah. I, I completely forgot that was a thing. <laughs> <laughs> Who would like to roll? Uh, I feel like Oaken made more of an impact there than Ezra did. So. Really? I, I was just about to say, well, Ezra's done the meat and the actual good speech <laughs> that was like personal and touching and rousing, and Oaken just did an introspective ramble. Time. What is it? We just <laughs> <Yeah>. don't know. <laughs> I mean, it can be a group action as well, I guess. Yeah. It's a group action, yeah. Yeah. I think it's up to you what you want to roll here. I don't think it's there are any stakes to this. I don't think this is going to go wrong. It's more of a, a fortune roll. This feels like a consort or a sway. I have nothing in it either, but I'm <laughs> happy to do it. I only have one. <laughs> no charm. You can always push yourself if you want to, but you don't have to. Um, okay, I'm going to push myself. I have rolled a four. So you both rolled a four. So that means you get a good result here. How? <laughs> How did this go okay? Yeah. I think Zanaris Crow tilts back a little bit in search chair and sighs. Fine. On one condition. We will leave your office when you say yes, yeah. <laughs> On a second condition, then. Go on. Some point in the future, I think I might have use for your lad here and his spare. Will you lend him to us? Is a free man. In the future? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. If you're asleep, that's, that's fine too. We'll wake you up. <laughs> jo jokes, <laughs> like... Like you're the real Oaken. Right, right, we'll be off. <laughs> Just pushing Oaken out the door. Yeah, yeah. I think that scene. Unless there's anything you two want to do. I think maybe like a little chat as we walk out. Yeah. Sure. Turning to each other and being like, well, that worked. There's a very passionate speech you made. Though I think it would be quick if we just put the knife to the neck. Yeah, see, the problem with that, Oaken, and I do like the directness, I'll not lie, is that then at some point they might want to stab you. So we try to cultivate what we think of as a friendly working relationship. It seems like most people want to stab me anyway. I have no response to that. <laughs> do you get stabbed a lot? Don't really... Get much of anything happening to me in the last few centuries, but well, a lot of people try, but they don't succeed because of my um incredible defensive training and general aptitude. I was going to flick open on the back of her head. <laughs> ow! Ow! <laughs> Is that a scene or? Yeah, I think so. I, did, I just wanted a little moment of us, like, recognising each other. <laughs> just accepting that we're both here. 
Yeah. I think we cut to the inside of a a too small newspaper office in Calvary. I think it's incredibly warm and loud. There's the smell of ink and the noise of printing presses running. And I imagine it's a bit like going through the carousel, where it's just ducking under cogs and gears and machinery as... What's your friend's name, Ezra? Uh, Scran. Yeah. I think Scran leads you to the back of this building, to its office, and puts you in a room with LV Petit. So we saw LV in the Atrium episodes, I think, who was like, you know, a newish reporter putting their foot in it. Now they are running their own radical newspaper network. I think whereas uh, Zanaris Crow had been like very well put together and considered, LV Petit is sort of scruffy. They have a beard that they've obviously not really tended to in the last couple of weeks. Their outfit feels a little bit put together. They've probably got a sleeve that mismatches the rest of their jacket, just sewn on. And as you walk in, they're panicking as as they look at the latest pamphlet that's been put out. And they're like, no, 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 this is wrong. There are five typos on this front page. And then they realise that you two have walked in. Are you up, LV? Ezra Graft, it's been, uh, it's been a while. Yeah, well... We've had some stuff going on, you know. Yeah, tell me about that. I'd rather not, mate. You're always so reserved. And and who are you? Could I get your name, please? Come on, we, we don't need the act here, right? I, I'm Oaken, you know I'm Oaken. Oaken? Oaken Nim Schiff? Nim Schiff, but yeah, sure. Oh, oh, and I think they pull out a notepad from inside the jacket and scramble around for a for a quill. Please, please, <laughs> take a seat. Not what we're here for, LV. Oh well, there's no need no need to rush them. They want a few words of wisdom. Who are we to begrudge them that? Yes, far be it from me to stop the world from getting your wisdom <laughs> open. So what proof do you have that you are the real Oaken Nim Sharif? You mean, aside from the Spear of Light, the statues and... The statues that look nothing like you. It's an artistic license. Why do you think that is? (laughs) I'm just going to rifle around Petit's office (laughs) while this is happening. I'm looking for snacks or a magazine or anything. Hey, 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 what what are you doing? Ezra, you can't just go rifling through someone's drawers. (laughs) What are you doing? (laughs) I'm just going to keep going. Okay, okay, I get your point. Why are you here? Please stop. Right, all right, all right. There's nothing good in here anyway. Do, has has Petit heard about what's happening at all, or is this like we are delivering the message? I think this is your delivering the message. Oh, okay. It's uh, it's time to stop pissing about with pamphlets, Petit. Is what's going on? I mean, not you know, stop. Obviously, pamphlets are good. <laughs> what I mean is, you've, we're we're stepping it up a bit. And by we, I mean you at a meeting about, you know, the future of Embrace. Oh, an- another meeting? And and they're going to let me write about it this time? Absolutely not. You know the rules, LV. They never let me write about anything. You literally run the pamphlets, Petit. Yes, but anything interesting. 
If we let you write about anything more, we'll all be dead by morning. You say dead. I say you'll have overthrown the city's corrupt authorities and we'll be in charge. All it takes is a little bit of fervent, ardent, truthful prose and <laughs> the masses will be swayed to your cause. Oh, it's like there's two of you. I'm looking between Oak and, and LV at this point. Just Nothing like that. <laughs> Use far too many words. No, no, no. There is no such thing as... Well, there is a such thing as far too many words, but you see, there is a thing called the rule of threes. I... Well, I'm going to stop you there. I don't have anything more to say. I'm just <laughs> stopping this line of thought. So you want me at the meeting, but I'm not allowed to take any notes. Well, you, could, you can remember things, I guess, if you, if you want. Will I at least be able to write about the revolution's demands for the city? Well, you'll have to bring it up at the meeting, won't you? Because I feel like a full campaign of pamphlets distributed beyond L my LV, own LV, network. LV, I, I wouldn't want you to waste this energy on me, because obviously I agree with you. Maybe you want to bottle that and keep it fresh for the meeting. I do like a good meeting. I know you do. Meetings are really what drives the revolution, don't you think? Being able to talk to each other and... Build ideas in. And I think LV just starts talking to themselves uh. and then starts just writing it down and has started writing their next article. Should we leave? I just, uh, just, just one second. And Oaken's going to address LV. You're what passes for a journalist, right? Though I don't think you're nearly fawning enough to be one. But uh, you, you should let the people know that the real Oaken is back. I think it would. Uh, Make everyone feel a lot better. Should he? Should he let them know that? Oh, that's a good scoop. Right now? I think they need some hope. I, I can imagine it now. The city's dawn-blessed sun back to guide the revolution. We'd have to sell it right. It might look a bit too much like one of the members of the Great Houses has taken the revolution for themselves. Hmm. Well... One to think about, then, really. Probably needs quite a bit of time. Why don't I draft something up and then you can see what you think about it? I, I think we can sell this. I think with the right <sighs> phrasing, it can be like, Oaken blesses the revolution. Oaken is on the same side as the noble people of Embrace. Yeah, yeah, something like that. You go have fun with it. Merely a suggestion. LV is just like scrawling on the paper. But you don't you don't need to do so much revolution stuff, you know, just just uh, just Oaken. You can just be about Oaken. Oaken, we are literally here for the revolution. Yeah. We. It is one hundred percent of the reason we're here. It's the reason you're here. Why are you here, <laughs> Oaken? Oh. Yeah. Uh, that nice null cat asked me to. Yep. Yep. Okay. Time to go. I think Elfie glances up, looks at you both, starts to say something and looks at the sudden dip in atmosphere in the room and just goes back to, to scrawling notes. Yep. Asked you asked you personally, <laughs> did he? Yep. Yeah, I don't, I don't think Oaken's like even super aware of the whole revolution stuff. <laughs> Just someone told him to be there and he was like, yeah, okay. Yeah, it's like, oh, why are we in this office? Well, 
Needed something to do. <laughs> I needed to get out of the house. Yep. Ezra is storming out. <laughs> We're leaving. She goes, there's, there's no point being angry at me, you know. Come on, all this stuff. You really think it's going to go anywhere or change anything? What is your problem? What do you mean nothing's going to change? Look, is anything the same as when you were, I don't know, born or whatever happened where you became? Yes, not, not that you would care about any of that, but everything is the same and everything's different. Well, then maybe we can have both. Can't we at least agree on that? You know, maybe some of it will be the same, but are you just going to sit around forever until the world is done being like, oh, I guess I can't do anything. I'm only a mythical figure with a magic fucking spear. It's not like I could change. Have you ever tried, Orkin? <laughs> I think I've not tried. You just do what people tell you. Yes! That's all I do. And you talk about... Oh, well, we have to do something. We have to do something. You know, I could fall asleep tomorrow and wake up in 500 years. Well, then why are you waiting so long to do something? Because it doesn't matter. There's no point getting attached. It matters to me. Well, next time I wake up, you won't be here. You know, the only constant in this world, the only thing that has stayed the same is me. It's Hoken. Ezra is just going to point at the sky, I think, and be like, it's not just you, is it? I thought there's a count. Do you want a drink, mate? Fine. We're stopping off at a pub. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Which pub do you take Oaken to? Oh, is, is there, like, a horrible, like, touristy pub, like, ye old <laughs> tavern? Yeah, I imagine so. I'm going to take Oaken to one of those. <laughs> oh. There's maybe one in Laceport, back towards the market where we had the mm -hmm. Oaken score. I don't think it's quite like on the market or anything, but I think it's that way because that's where a lot of the city's trade comes in. So I imagine that's where that kind of pub would be. Okay. Ezra is definitely very annoyed at Oaken because they have two very different worldviews <laughs> yes. and it's not going great. <laughs> They're not happy about Oaken being here either, but I think that outburst has made them like deeply sad for him. <laughs> and so this is the only like vaguely nice thing they can think to do is we'll go get a, a drink in a really old pub and maybe Oaken might feel a bit at home. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> do you talk when you're in the pub? Maybe. Maybe, maybe like a few cups deep. Yeah, I think when once we're a few cups deep, maybe it's like, do you want to talk about it? What's that to talk about? The thing is, Ezra, you, you don't know how it feels. Just knowing that tomorrow everything could be gone again. No one knows how I feel. You know a mate of mine was just murdered, right? See? And, and how do you feel about that? Not... Great, obviously. Awful. Why make those connections? Why have friends? Because that's all that it leads to in the end. Wow. <laughs> Ezra is desperately <laughs> signalling for another round. <laughs> be because, because, because otherwise I'd be really fucking lonely. Well, 
I don't know. What's so bad about that? Everything. I think I can might start crying. Oh, no. <laughs> no, not, not stupid. Just, you know, like, head down. Does he try to hide it at all? No. Ezra cannot <laughs> deal with this. Um, I'm going to desperately look around the room for some, like, old-timey trappings that I can point out and be like, oh, was it, re- was it really like that? <laughs> I reckon this pub is called something like the Tenders or something, or the Jackal. Yep. Just, just as a like out of character kind of note, I think this is like dealing with his parents being super dead. Oh no, there's not a photo of your parents in here, is there? No, but there's no. <laughs> I imagine there's definitely like a load of jackal memorabilia. Yeah, there's maybe definitely a portrait of Oaken that looks nothing like Oaken, so Oaken wouldn't have clocked it. <laughs> does does Oaken real Oaken still have his jackal mask? No. I'm going to point at like a really stylized jackal helmet on the wall and be like, Haha, did anyone really wear those? Yeah, any, any, the, the most ferocious fighters, the real top brass, of course. So I had one. Oh, yeah, it's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> Go, best time of my life in the jackals. I mean, I never did well enough for my parents and none of, none of the others liked me or... They thought I had what it takes, but I showed them. I showed them all. And yep. <laughs> look damn good doing it. Those masks. And awkwardly pat <laughs> on the back. And then I think, like, finish the dregs of whatever this pint is, because hopefully another round has arrived. Mm-hmm. And be like, I think Ash wants to be a jackal. Like, he doesn't say it, obviously, because he's one of us and he... He's from Atrium, and he'd get grounded for forever, but he does talk about him a lot. He talks about you a lot more than I'd like, actually. I think he does genuinely think you are a hero. Well, I am a hero. He shouldn't be a jackal. It's no it's no life. He's got a choice. Why? Well, you tell him that. I've tried. He'll listen to you. He thinks you're all right. I'm a better hero than a friend. Uh, I think Ezra's going to look really thoughtful for a second and be like, I don't think that's true. (laughs) Yeah, I'm probably fantastic at both, yeah. (laughs) When we leave, I'm going to steal the jackal mask for Oaken. Shall we cut to the last meeting? Do you go to the last meeting? Yeah, but we're a bit worse for wear. Yeah, yeah. So I think your last meeting is with the painted hands. Oh shit, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 and you probably don't even know you're meeting your mum. You're just like, okay, gotta yeah. go meet these people. <laughs> so, the, so the Painted Hands are a group of former factory workers who used to work in the old dyeing factories, which is where they get their name from. But after they were mechanised, they lost their jobs. And I imagine it started as a group, a community group looking after each other, but has turned into somewhat of a criminal operation. I don't think they would consider themselves revolutionaries as much as they consider themselves a group looking after their own community. Do you have an idea of where they would have their headquarters? Is it in someone's house? Yeah, I like the idea of it being in like someone really innocuous as houses or like who you would not expect to be involved with them, just like someone's nan's house. Yeah, it's not necessarily a member of the Painted Hens 
whose house it is, they kind yeah. they welcome you in to this small cramped house in Calvary. I imagine there's a row of almost misshapen terraces. They've not been built to be next to each other, but have formed that way as more and more houses and tenements have been crammed into this ward. And you're led into this person's living room, which is small and has one sofa that you're both directed to sit on. And it's probably too small for you both to sit alongside each other, but there you go. And I think there's an armchair opposite it. And then I think the person that welcomed you in just disappears into the back of the house and you can hear the sounds of something happening in a kitchen, maybe. Are we both going to try and film this? Over? Yay! <laughs> yeah! <laughs> We're friends now. I think it's more we both just fall towards the sofa and heavily <laughs> land there. Yeah. I think after a minute or two of waiting, are there clocks in Embrace? I'm trying to think of like what the sound is. Is there like a ticking of a clock? Maybe there isn't. Maybe they have those clocks where it's like a candle and you mark hour marks on it. Ooh, yeah, I like that. There's just the sound of the candle kind of flicking and sputtering. And after a minute or two of being sat in silence in this room, are both of you a little bit tipsy at this point? Absolutely, Absolutely. yes. Oaken is lightweight. (laughs) I think we might be a bit beyond tipsy. I think somewhere about the point that Oaken started crying and staring out the window, Ezra was just like, all right, we're doing this. I think we're actually maybe sobering up a little bit. Yeah, like the walk over here has probably helped a little bit, but I feel like it's the kind of sobering up where you realise that you're more drunk than you thought you were. Yeah. I think you hear a voice coming from the corridor and then to the door. I told Nilcat before, I ain't come in. So you can tell him the same thing that I told him the last time and and then the voice stops and Amris is in the doorway. Of course he fucking sent you. (laughs) Ezra.exe has stopped responding. Well, yes, I am. I am open. <laughs> Just gonna elbow Oaken in the side, but there's not really room to do it properly. So. Oh god, you're both pissed, aren't you? <laughs> no. <laughs> Look at you, you're both worse aware. Melda, Melda, make him a cup of tea. Now you're not gonna get anything different out of me, right? And I think Emrys sits on the chair the in the armchair opposite you. What what are you doing here? I mean hello. I'm fine. Has Ezra put, like, two and two together? I think, yeah, it would not have taken long. Like I say, I think they are both aware, but not aware of what the other one does. I think they're just rapidly trying to process how they're going to deal with this. Yeah. Because they obviously can't pretend that this isn't happening. <laughs> they can't just leave. Mm. I think Amos is just like, come on, don't be daft. And leans a li- little bit more on the chair, and I think her sleeve falls down a little bit and you can see the dyed blue of her hand. Like, you knew that her hands were blue, but she's showing you again. Right, let's let's get this over with then. Nilcat wants me to come to a meeting. It ain't happening. We leave that revolution crap to the kids. You can go tell him that again. I'm nearly 30, ma'am. Ma'am? <laughs> kids, like I said. I work a job. I have, I have an house. Kind, kinda. We know what we're doing. Yeah, but have you met anyone yet? Have you settled down? Have I introduced you to our new friend? Is he a boyfriend? No, ma'am. He's a colleague. He's a, he's a work friend. I'm a hero. <clears throat> he's a... I'm a hero. Pal. So I know why Neil Cat sent you. Why Why is he sent this one with you? It, it, it's done, matter. It's not important. And um, why is he pretending to, to be Oaken? By, by Flint's name, I'll have none of that in this house. It ain't funny. Flint. 
<laughs> right, this this wasn't what I was planning. It wasn't what I was planning either. I guess the game is up, right? I mean, it's not like you didn't know. Or I didn't know. Who's in trouble here? Am I in trouble? <laughs> no one's in trouble, just... Right, what what does Nilcat want? Why does Nilcat even want us there? He just wants us to do something, ma'am. Is that so bad? Like change the city. I've spent all my life trying to change this neighbourhood. Between the half of us that live here, we might have just about made it a better place to live. How's Nilcat think we're going to change this whole fucking city? Wait, does your mum saw in front of you? She does now. I feel like she doesn't normally, but like... No, definitely not at home. But in this situation, she does? Yeah. I mean, you changed this. Why not something bigger? I'm not sure that I'm built for dreaming of or building a better world. I can put some good in it, sure, but... Do you even know what we've been up to? Have you heard of what the Painted Hens have been up to? Absolutely. I mean, you hear stuff, but, you know. Yeah, I imagine that a lot of what you heard is there's a degree to which the Painted Hens, you know, were robbing stuff and stealing and doing criminal stuff in order to feed families, but I think there's also a tinge of them becoming more and more hardcore and there being a bit Mm. of vengeance in what they do. Yeah. I'm sure you're just doing what you have to, like me. Doing what we have to. I had to learn it somewhere. You know, when I heard that Nilcat was sending another one of you here, I was going to do the hard bargain and get them to do something for us, and then we'd turn up to this meeting and we'd sit there for a couple of hours if that's what Nilcat wanted, and then it'd be done. And we'd have got some out of it, and we'd have drank their stale tea and eaten their damp biscuits, sat in some community hall somewhere. Oh, I wouldn't. Biscuits are always shite. And then Ezra clamps both hands over their mouth and is like, bad. Yeah, your mum. The bad biscuits. Your mum just glowers. (laughs) I'll have none of that from your mouth. Sorry, ma'am. Have you been teaching him that? And she looks at Oaken. (laughs) Ma'am, it's not like that. I'm I'm getting the sense here that you two might be related. Yeah, I'm their ma'am. Ezra just stares. <laughs> and they told you about me. Well, I... Oh, can my life depends on this? Um... How long have you two known each other and you haven't told them about me? I, I think Oaken is going to try and access their upper-class schmoozing, sleazing... Like, uh, what's Ezra's surname again? Graft. What are Ezra's mum's pronouns? She, her. Mrs. Graft, of course, Ezra has told me so much about you. Immediate <laughs> fail. Yeah, uh, Amris puts her head in her hands and goes like, first off, I'm not married. Second of all, where's that accent from? you you got to be kidding me, Ezra. Not married? Why, Miss Graft, that's hard to believe considering you are such a beautiful woman. Are you flirting with my mum? No, no, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just giving you a compliment. You've got to compliment old people. Like, <laughs> not that you're old, of course, Miss Grafter. You look very good for your age, I'm sure. Right, shall we get this back on track? Yeah, shall we? Look, it's we can still make a deal if that's if that's what it takes. 
I think she sighs and is like, Tomorrow night, you free, Laperia? Yes, Mom. <laughs> you know the factors, right? Yeah. Did you ever do any work at the Norland Textile Mill? Yeah, I think I put a frame in once. Why? Well, I guess we need someone to take that frame down. And so it looks really confused. It's like, a, f- a frame's a machine, ma'am. It's just... It's just for... what? I think if, like, Amaris was outside, she'd probably spit. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, you and your machines, that's the point. Tomorrow night, we're going to hit the factories. With you there, we'll be able to hit an extra one. We're going to make and pay for for getting rid of all of us. Are you both in? Yes, (laughs) ma'am. It's all good, okay. (laughs) So now... I think Emrys looks at Ezra and goes, does your Pallia know how to use a bomb? Honestly, I've got no idea. Woken? I mean... Coward's weapon. I used my spear. <laughs> I think Emrys ignores you saying Oaken, maybe. <laughs> okay. It's just like the, the one eyebrow raises, and then yeah, the yeah. again. <laughs> I think Emrys puts a half-finished tea down on the table and is like, right, see you tomorrow night. And then as she leaves, she shouts a thank you for the tea. Well? Ezra, your mother is terrifying. She reminds me of my mother, but, you know, at the class. I think Ezra, for a second, starts to look offended and then is like, yeah, no, she can be. Her heart's in right place, but... It's hard to stay nice, I reckon. Mm. Well, I would agree with that. And then Ezra hits Oaken with a cushion. Were you flirting with my mam? No, I was merely deploying conversational techniques. We went terribly. I'm out of practice. I've not been to a soiree or a ball or a gala in... A soiree? Yes. What the fuck's a soiree? And it's where you march up and down wearing fancy clothes and then everyone tells your parents how wonderful you are. Why? And then Ezra, I guess, looks at the candle, realises how still a bit drunk they are and that they don't have a job until tomorrow and is like, oh, can you want to go out like a normal person? Well, I don't... I'm, I'm not sure what, what, what normal people would... I do exactly, but Ezra waggles their eyebrows <laughs> dramatically. But if you want to show me around your rough and ready lower class soirees, I'm I'm game. You have to stop saying soiree, mate. I'm serious. Um, what would you call them then? What? Nothing. I wouldn't call them nothing. We don't just march around and get praised by our parents. Oh, the parents don't do the praising. Come on, that's ridiculous. What? All right, I don't... We'll talk about that later. Okay. I think, shall we smash cut to the score? Yeah. Lads, lads, lads. So, I think the job's not that much more complicated than was explained to you. There are a few different groups of you going out, and each of you are going to vandalise one of the factories that belong to belong to the council and the council's sort of big food and production arm who are called the Masters of Key and Field. 
and you've been assigned the Norlin textile mill, and you're given some explosives, which you gather that the painted hands have been sourcing for the last couple of months, and it's your job to plant some explosives and cause some damage to the machinery inside. You're not necessarily looking to blow up the entire factory or hurt any people, but just destroy the machines. Let's do this. We are very hungover. Yeah. You're welcome to do any gather information roles or anything like that, but we can also just do those through flashbacks. I imagine this is a very quick and to the point score anyway. So I think the first thing we need to decide is what kind of engagement you're doing. The big challenges, the big obstacles here, I think in the first instance is getting into the factory without being seen. I think in Calvary Ward, there's almost, I don't think there's quite a curfew, but it feels like that. If you're out too late, people will question you. Once you're there, they're not expecting too many people to be there. They're probably not expecting any, anyone to be there. There might be some security, but other than that, I think the main challenge is getting there, breaking in, planting the explosives, and making sure they go off. Okay. Kano can still do that thing where he kind of like floats around on his spear. Yes. Yes, he can. Do you fancy us sneaking in? I love sneaking. Is this you both sneaking through the streets? Um, I guess like maybe setting ourselves up in an adjacent building or alleyway or something pre-curfew and then just like hanging out till it's dark and emptier and then kind of trying to like float in over a fence at an unguarded mm. point. What's the kind of immediate area again? So you are in Calvary Ward. I imagine the factory itself is one of these along the edge of the island with the big windmills. I think one of the defining features of Calvary Ward is that it, it's a bit of a maze. There are rumours here that if you take the wrong turn down the wrong street, you'll just end up in the cut. That sounds pretty cool. Mm. And this is like where the carousel is. This is where Ezra lives, I think. Uh, Ezra lives in Socket, which is part of Calvary, yeah. I wonder if you could get there by roof. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Maybe I know someone close enough to the factory who lives in an attic flat where we can kind of hop out their window and huff it from there. Yeah, that sounds cool. Okay. So, shall we decide what kind of engagement role it is? Assault, deception, stealth, occult, social, or transport? Stealth. Yeah, yeah that sounds right. And the Detail is the point of infiltration, which sounds like the rooftops and maybe hopping over the fence. Yeah. So before we make the roll, uh, you both need to decide what your loadout is. And your options are you can go light, medium or heavy. I'm going to go medium. Okay. Because I'm hoping we won't encounter anyone on the way, but obviously I don't want to be really over encumbered. Yeah. And it's worth noting that you've got radical rigging, so you get two free load of tools or documents as well. Oh. Which is probably where, ex where your explosives are. Yeah, that's a good point. I think I'm going to go light. You know, you have a little climbing gear, a little burglar gear, and a big spear, and that's all you need. Okay, so as standard, you get one dice for an engagement roll, and then we go through the questions. So is it particularly bold or daring? If so, take plus one D. Is it overly complex or contingent on many factors? It is not complex. I don't think it's particularly daring either. Does it expose a vulnerability of the target or hit them where they're weakest? I think so. I think you get plus on D here. And 
is the target strongest against this approach, or do they have any particular defenses or special preparations? I think they do, so you get minus 1d. Ooh, so we're still just flat even. Then it's, can any of your friends or contacts provide aid or insight for this operation? If so, take plus 1d. You're using your friends, right? Yeah, using my friends flat to get there. And also I reckon like I would know a bunch of people who've worked in the factory, so maybe they've left a window open for us or something. Yeah. And I don't think any enemies or rivals are interfering at this point. Okay, so is that just one plus one D? Yeah, just plus one D. Oh. Ah. Hmm. That's a one and a three. Cool, so you're going to start in a desperate position when this all goes off. Okay. <laughs> Fell off the roof. Yeah. What does this look like? What? How are you getting in? What do we see as you try and break into this factory? So what I had in my mind was like, creeping out of kind of a, an attic window and then like cat burglar style, making it across the roofs and then like giving Oaken some rope or something and having him flow over to the window we're going in through, or at least just over the fence so that Ezra can slide down after him. Yeah, that makes sense. I think you'll have to probably mark off rope as your equipment, but that's fine. I had climbing gear marked off okay, already. Okay, yeah, so. sure. So... I think what happens is you, you do that, as you described. Oaken makes the jump and slides down the wall. And then Ezra, you follow along after him. And I think as you land on the ground, dropping down from the fence of the factory, you find that Oaken is pinned against the wall with two great, almost like Rottweiler-sized amphibians pinning him Whoa. and they are making great big like frog rumbles with their throats what whoa these are lissidae they are i think a common pet with an embrace but they can also be trained to guard buildings they are somewhere between like a frog or a toad and a newt in like body shape i think these ones have scars along their body and they look quite fierce and dangerous I think one of them is quite close to Oaken, and then there's another one stalking behind you. What do you do? Okay, so one of the items I can have on me is just called Gadget. Okay. Um, and I would like to make use of that item. I would like to have brought one of the kind of scuttle hands we have previously seen that kind of walk and move and clamp on their own. Yeah. Um, I would like to set one of those a running away from me and Oaken in the hopes that they will chase it like a greyhound. <laughs> that makes sense. Is there any way in which you've prepared for this? There's almost like you could do a flashback to know that these that this place is guarded by them, right? I mean, there's a part of me that just wants to think that Ezra just carries one of these all the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, Every time they go on a job, they just bring one in a kind of, well, just in case. I like the idea that maybe, because there is the, the racetracks in the other end of Embrace, and I imagine maybe these are what are raced there. And maybe there's a particular, Ooh. maybe that there's like a dummy that's done up as like a small newt or something. And maybe Ezra has customized this to look a bit like that. Oh, yeah, that's really good. Maybe this is a flashback, I guess, to the contact whose roof we came in through. Maybe they work at the factory. Yeah. And that's how Ezra knows them. 
and they were kind of they were like oh how's work you know what's what's going on how's your life oh we just need to borrow your roof by the way <laughs> like a uh, pub night maybe this is when we went out with Oaken. maybe this is part of why we went out yeah oh. and yeah they were you know just filling us in on changes around the factory and stuff and maybe they brought up you know security has increased they've got those goddamn tongue things i hate those yeah yeah so we were just prepared enough to be like hmm maybe we should bring something for that yeah i don't think this is going to cost you any stress or anything i think this is just a flashback i was gonna make myself take a stress anyway because i do want it to move oh yes i was gonna ghost in the machine yeah so how does ghost in the machine work uh ghost in the machine is just you can make inanimate objects move on their own as if possessed by a ghost take one stress to do so and then one stress for any extra features, but I don't need it to do any extra features. Okay. I just need it to run. That makes sense. So you take one stress and you make a roll. That would be, I guess, a tinker. I think it's, did I build this machine good? Yeah. Is this standard? Yeah, I think it's maybe desperate standard because Oaken is still pinned up against the wall and this other one is advancing on you. Yeah, I will push myself. Okay, which will cost you two more stress, yeah. Oh my god. Oh no, you've rolled a two, a three, and a three. Okay, so oh on a one to three, on a desperate, it's the worst outcome. You suffer severe harm, a serious complication occurs, you lose this opportunity for action. Okay, I think you throw this thing down, and in an instant, this creature's tongue pops out and just catches it. Oh. How does Ezra react to this? Uh, I'm going to kick it. You're going to kick the the, the Lissaday? Yep. I think it, as you go to kick it, it barges into you and knocks you onto the ground. Oh no. I think I'm basically splitting these consequences. So one of the consequences is you lose your machine and the other one is you get knocked to the ground. I think that is maybe a, what harm have you got? I have level one harm, lightheaded and shook. Wow. Yep. Oh my gosh, you didn't heal. <laughs> I think this is a level two harm bull rushed. Okay. You can resist if you want, but that's entirely up to you. How do I resist? You roll a number of dice equal to the stat you want to resist with, and you take the highest dice away from six and take that many stress. You automatically resist any consequences, though. The other option is if you've got armor, you can use that as well. Oh, I do have armor. So I can only bring one other thing with me because that's four of my five load gone. Wow. Cool. Uh, so how does how does the armor help? Is it just that the armor is padded? Yeah, it's just like it's thick fish scale around a lot of like the leg and midriff. Mm. It just doesn't do as much damage as it could have done. Yeah, you managed to fall. You're, you're still in a desperate position, I think. But yeah. yeah, you're not as badly hurt by it. So Oaken, you are pinned up to the wall by one of these creatures, I think. This one is large and scarred and has green and yellow mottled skin. And it's just doing this ominous, throaty growl. What do you do? Uh, I think I'm going to try and beat it up. (laughs) Which is not the most graceful approach to this problem, but I think I'm going to use that spear, baby. So my mind opens like pinned against the wall with this creature in front of him. And I think what he is going to try is to kind of like levitate the spear behind this creature and stab 
towards himself, but the spear going through the creature and stopping short of hitting him in the face. Okay. In theory. <laughs> yeah, let's see how this goes. <laughs> you know, he just stabs himself with the spear. <laughs> so what are you using for this? Well, I'm going to use skirmish because it seems all right. Yeah, and is this using your astral blade ability? I guess manipulating your spear independently would require that. Hmm. Do you think it would? If you don't, it will be desperate standard. If you do, it will be desperate great. And I think these two creatures are maybe a four-step clock. So the difference would be marking three of those segments or five of those segments. Hmm. I don't want to spend the stress on these frogs, you know? I want to be chill about it. <laughs> maybe, we'll, we'll see. It, it could just be Oaken has to swallow his pride and stab them in a less cool way. Heaven forbid. Yeah. yeah. So I'm not going to use it for now and do... Um, is it risky standard? It'd be desperate standard. Desperate? Yeah, you're in a desperate position. Oh, yeah. Hey, a five. Cool. So on a five, you do it, but there's a consequence. You suffer severe harm, a serious complication occurs, or you have reduced effect. I think you do it. I think the spear goes through the back of this frog, but I think... Not before the frog has sort of gone charging into you and just like slams you back against the wall. I think your head slams backwards and like cracks against the brick. And I think you're going to take the level three harm barely conscious. Uh Uh-oh. You can resist that as you like or use armor. What would armor reduce it to? Level one harm. (sighs) Oh, can I steal you that helmet? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> is that what the armor is or like yeah. what this resistance is? Okay. Okay, so that would turn it into a level one harm. I think it becomes winded. I think okay. your head is okay, but you're still a little bit shaken and a little bit light of breath. Oh, I'm, I'm, it's got quite a lot of harm now. Uh-huh. You are stunned and winded at the minute, but you've managed to take three of the four-step clock. Hey. So the one that's fighting Oaken is skewered by the spear, and I think the spear continues straight through and back into Oaken's hand. Oh, sick. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, Ezra is on the floor, pinned by the other one. Yeah, it's going really good. <laughs> what are you both doing? Uh, I'm going to say I maybe still have the rope I was sliding down on in my hand, and I'm just going to try and like wrap it around oh. this thing's neck. And... Oh, no. I'm going to get frog murdered otherwise. <laughs> Okay. Um, Which I guess is a skirmish? Yeah. Is this still desperate? This is still desperate. But Oaken is in a position to help if Oaken wants to spend the stress to give you an extra dice. Yeah, I will. Oh, grab the other end of the rope and just give me a a hand. Probably you both just like pushing this thing off you. (laughs) Yep. Oh my god. Oh my god. That is a one. A double one. That's a double one. Okay. Rest in peace, Ezra. Yeah, it's the worst outcome. You suffer severe harm, a serious complication occurs, you lose this opportunity for action. Okay. I, I'm i trying to think of like what's interesting here. I think you begin to push this creature off you, but it slips free of the rope and just takes a big bite on Ezra's side. Oh. I think I'm going to split this into two different consequences. The first consequence is that you are bitten as this thing clamps down on your hip, and that's going to be level two harm bitten. 
The second consequence is as you push this thing off, you realize that the belt containing the explosives has been taken with it. So you have to spend your two <gasps> load, your two radical rigging on the explosives, and this thing has just eaten them. What? Okay. And you can resist either of those if you want. Let's resist it eating the explosives, shall yeah. we? I mean, Oaken's still got space for explosives. Wait, yeah, has Oaken still got some? You've got two free load of radical rid- rigging oh, that yeah. Oaken could use on that. Yeah. yeah. I think everyone's at their limit for items already, but... <laughs> yeah. I'm at my limit, yeah. Same. Okay, if Oaken also has explosives, I'm not going to resist either of those. Okay. Yeah, I guess you are a seven of nine stress. I have a lot of stress. Cool. I think as you as it kind of backs off, it just begins to start croaking extremely loudly. Do you know how does <gasps> those frogs that can be heard for miles around? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that. So I think if you leave this frog alone, the alarm is raised. Oh fuck. Okay. <sighs> mm, am I gonna tackle a frog? I think I'm gonna tackle a frog. You need one more tick of the clock to get rid of it. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna tackle the frog. Ezra wrestling a frog. Yep, here we go, here we go, here we go. Are you just trying to like cow it or I don't wanna say I'm murdering an animal, but mm-hmm. I'm trying to render it unconscious. <laughs> okay, yeah. Or maybe just get my belt around its mouth. <laughs> that that's a good one. Yes. I'm gonna I'm trying to clamp clamp its mouth, uh which I still reckon is skirmish, although I'm pushing the limits of what that means. Yeah, and you are bitten as well, so you can get minus one dice. Yep. Uh, do you want to push yourself, take a devil's bargain, get some help? Devil's bargain. Okay. Um, Where's the devil's bargain here? I mean, I'll be without a belt, which is unfortunate. Yeah, what's your belt like? I think it's like the same kind of fish scale that Ezra's work gear is made from. It's like sturdy and iridescent and colourful, but I think like the belt is made from the smaller scales, like nearer the face or the end of the tail. And is it distinctive to Ezra? Yeah, probably. Maybe the belt belt buckle is stylized after like the the maybe handshake. Yeah, God, of course. Okay, so I think the devil's bargain here is you're going to take plus two heat. Yep. If you want to take that. Let's do it. And are you getting any help? Oh, can you want to help me wrestle my belt around a frog? Yeah, I would love to. Okay, so I'll be another stress to Oaken as well, but you're you're up to two dice. Okay. Oh my god. Maybe you should let Oaken roll. Oh no. That's a two and a one. I think we cut to (sighs) the pair of you wrestling this frog as... (laughs) The gates to this factory open. No. And three swifts walk in. They are wearing the characteristic long coats of their faction. I think it's double-tailed like a like an actual swift. And they're all carrying an array of different weaponry. One of them smiles and's like, What we got here then? Either of you could resist this. You can't resist them turning up, but you can resist where you are when they turn up. At this point, why bother? That's fair. Ezra's just going to look desperately at Oaken, like, do do something. You have a spear. (laughs) (laughs) Oaken has the explosives. Oaken could easily just bolt. 
Can I also throw in an option for how I'm going to deal with, with these lads? Yeah. That is abandon my belt, flick my lit cigarette inside the frog that just ate the explosives and run away. Yes! Yes. <laughs> I think that's my option. That sounds very good. Okay. And what is Oaken doing as this happens? Okay, if Ezra's doing that, is there any way I can, like, hand the Swift some bombs and then boot them inside? Uh, do, do they have a hood you could stuff it in? And then just <laughs> I think you're too far away from the door. I think you're, like, at the main gate, Aww. unfortunately. But you could make it known that you have a bomb and then leg it in yeah. there so they'll chase you. <laughs> okay, that sounds good. So... Oaken is bolting for the factory, and Ezra is dealing with the Swifts. Dealing with the Swifts is a a generous way of framing it. And then you're both running. Yeah. Throw a cigarette inside frog. Run. Cool. Okay, so what would you like to roll? I desperately want it to be a tinker, but I cannot justify that. (laughs) Yeah, setting the explosives on the machines would be a tinker, I guess, but this... Yeah, I guess wreck makes sense. So what... I can only assume this is desperate. Yeah, it's still desperate. I guess it's desperate great, because I guess the explosives are great effect. The desperate represents how risky this is. Let's go. Any help or pushing, or is it just a roll? Nope. That's a three. Um. It just doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. How do you deal with this? I guess the issue, part of the issue, is that Ezra is at full stress and can't really take any more. I mean, I, I can, it's just not going to go well. Okay, the the match lands in the frog's mouth and the frog explodes. The explosion is much bigger than you really expected. Ah. I think Oaken gets free, but I think as you turn to run, you are knocked to the ground. Mm-hmm. Do you want to resist that in any way? You're probably going to be caught by the swifts. I would like to resist being caught by the swifts. Okay. Uh, what would you like to resist with? Resolve. Okay. Try and turn this explosion into a forward roll. <laughs> okay, so you roll three dice, and you take your highest away from six. My highest is six. Then you take zero stress. Yeah! I think you managed to roll and just sprint towards the factory. I think you're going to take plus two heat for this. I think they have seen you and worked out who you are. Mm-hmm. So you've taken four heat, and yeah, you run inside the factory. I think there, there may be some shouts outside. I think the image you get are more swifts being drawn to the area. But I think you've probably got a short moment to try and plant some of these explosives and get out. Oh, let's do that very, very fast. I think as you slam the door behind you, you, you hear the swifts trying to get in. There are maybe two things to do here. One of them is to hold off the two swifts that are still moving and the other thing is to is to plant the explosives who's doing which and how are you doing it oaken doesn't know how to plant the explosives i think (laughs) (laughs) so it might make sense if i hold them off if oaken holds them off i will plant the explosives i think ezra is going to kind of yell as they're running to plant these explosives that oaken should try and let them in just before we run away. Okay. Because they've seen who we are. Hmm. Yeah, I guess, is Oaken trying to hold them off by like keeping the door closed, or is Oaken just trying to fight them? 
So how far into the factory can we get? I think as far as you want. I think to describe it, it's like a big open factory space with machines that are like two stories tall. Oh, wow. Okay. There are probably bits of machinery that you have to dodge your way past or under or jump over. It's quite a big space. Um, let's try and vaguely lead them a bit of the old like ducking behind machines and bits like, oh, this way. Oh, follow me. Is this like leading them while fighting them? Yeah. Or, or kind of leading them while parrying them rather than trying to take them out. Yeah, I imagine if you get the opportunity, you will, but if not, then, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what would you like to roll? I have my best skill, skirmish. That makes sense. Do you want to push yourself or have any devil's bargains or anything, or you just... I'm very stressed, but I'm going to push <laughs> myself because it feels important that something go well. Yeah, like, imagine succeeding in a role ever. Oh, that sounds wonderful. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Uh, so we go in. Desperate standard. Yeah, unless you want to push yourself for effect, but I feel like you're going for the extra dice. Oh, no! <laughs> oh my fucking blah, god. Blah. That is a two, a two, and a one. <laughs> Why are we so bad at this? It's because we're hungover. <laughs> it's because we're so hungover. Oh my god. I guess Oaken wasn't really around when guns were a thing, right? Uh, not, not at all. Oaken is trying to fa- fight fancily and like lead these these swifts through the thing, and one of them just pulls out a gun and shoots you. Yeah. <laughs> I think we see we see strange ripples almost under and over Oaken's skin. Oh. You take the level three harm, spirit shatter. Oh, <laughs> you can resist that if you like. What does it do? Level three harm is you need help. Oh. You're literally down in the scene, and Ezra will have to come back oh, and no. help you. H- how do I? How do I resist it? I think prowess makes sense if it's a fight. So you draw three dice, okay. and you take the highest dice away from six, and it will knock it down to a level one effect. Okay. Three. Uh, oh no. Oh no. Oh no. So, when you resist. It happens automatically. So, you, so how are you resisting first? Do you avoid the shot? Um, how do you resist being shot? I mean, you can dodge it. You are open. You could yeah. still have armor. Okay. I think these shots are very. I think we've described them before as like almost like slow lightning bolts. There's lots of machinery and stuff. You could duck behind something. Could just catch you. Um. Yeah. Okay. I th- I think maybe rather than me blocking it with the spear the bullet kind mm. of glances off the spear and so does grazes rather than hits dead on that makes sense and maybe the like level one harm you take here is almost disconnected mm. for a moment your connection to the spear is slightly ruptured oh yeah okay and that's like a level one harm and then yeah your stress box fills up and you max out and what it means is you're out of the scene for the remainder of it. And I think because this scene is likely the last one. I mean, you can tell me, but maybe this is you fight for them for a little bit and then you see a way out and you just go. I mean, if it's like a, a spirit-based thing and you got some of the blow, maybe it's just that like you, you're not really here anymore. Like, What if you get pulled into the cut? Oh, yeah. What if it puts you in the cut? Oh, that's good. 
Yeah. It's almost like when you fall asleep, but instead of waking up into the weird dreams that you normally have, you are in the weird geometry of the cup. Ooh, that's good. And we'll find out what is happening there next time, I imagine. Yeah. So, Ezra. Yep. Oaken manages to buy you a few moments. Do you plant the explosives and get out? Yeah, so, so fast. Ezra knows how these machines work. They probably installed some of these. It's almost like watching a child go through one of those like soft play jungle gyms. They're just like leaping into the middle of spaces where they know it will do damage, throwing an explosive down and running. Uh, I think this can be a tinker roll. That makes sense. I think this is just risky because Oaken has taken a lot of that heat. So risky, yeah. risky standard. Do you want to push yourself or anything? Is it a stress if I push myself? It's too stress. Like, you could do the same thing and hit your trauma, but you don't have to. You know what? Yeah, let's. this has to go right. So let's push myself. That's a five. You do it. I do it. So on a five, you do it, but as a consequence, you suffer harm. A complication occurs. You have reduced effect. You end up in a desperate position. So what does it mean for Ezra to hit their stress? Is it just they plant it and run? Um, I think it's maybe this is the first time they've done something for the babies that has gone wrong in this is very bad and these people know who they are. I think it this might be the moment where they have to make the choice of if these Swifts get out of here alive, they know who I am. Yeah. And this is not the time for them to know who I am. So do they blow up the factory with them in? Yeah, I think they do. Okay. And I think that leads to our complication as well. I think we close on a shot of Ezra running through the streets. And in the background, we can see the factory. In the background, we can see the windmill turning. And then we see the ripple of explosions from inside. And I think then we leave Ezra on the streets and we see... As you scan through the factory, the bodies of the two dead Swifts that were inside, they were caught in the explosions and didn't make it out. But the Swift that was outside, that was caught in that first explosion, we see their body on the floor and then we see one of their eyelids bat open. Take another two heats. 